always love meeting a new customer. Come on in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bob's Tavern Cast live from the tavern. I am your bartender, Jay. And I'm your bartender, Don. And we've got a, a few things to talk about. But before we do that, let's pour a drink and jump right in. Don, how has your week uh, in in streaming and hearthstoning of things been? Uh, it's been pretty good. I think we're we're in the weekend now. Uh, we had let's see, in terms of standard. Uh, so I think I already mentioned on the show that I I hit legends. Um, but over the last several yeah. days, yeah, woo. Um, <laughs> I've actually been climbing a lot of legend rank, and I was getting really close. Um, and trying to actually push for kind of the the 1500 legend um that's kind of the point that people have figured is about the point where people get the 11 star bonus so i've been actually that's really pushing the real legend is that's right yeah <laughs> the hardcore legends yeah, so. <laughs> where everyone was talking about how legend got easier and now it's like it's like in order to validate yourselves, now everyone's like, "Oh, but you're not fifteen hundred legend. You're yeah. like three thousand legend." It's like I've made legend. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here at like, what did I get? Like platinum, like five or something like that. I was like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is fine. But it was. I was really trying. I think I peaked at like sixteen hundred nineteen. So I got really close. I haven't, today is the, the start of the month. I haven't logged in yet. I'm waiting until I load up the stream to log in and see if I happen to get the 11 star. We'll see. But that that's what I've been working on there. Um, and then, of course, played some Battlegrounds and some of the new stuff, uh, which I think I'll wait until we talk about that to mention my my story. Okay. Well, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of Battlegrounds. Uh, you hinted, by the way, thank you everyone for being so gracious and letting us have a, a week off. Um, I had some family stuff that I needed to, to figure out and get situated. And yeah, it just, it wasn't going to be a good time to record, but that's all taken care of now. Thank you for the time off. But you mentioned this, uh, kind of in the little message that Battlegrounds has been feeling a little different and, there, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any news on this of like as to why or like what they've done. Um, but we've definitely been noticing some, uh, some shenanigans afoot, but, uh, we can't really talk about them because we don't know what they are. Uh, but I have, I've definitely been kind of sitting still in battlegrounds now, which I, I kind of like that. I like that I'm, I'm not moving up. I'm not moving down. It's like, I'll gain a little bit. I'll lose a little bit. And like, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm right where I left off. And to me, that is the sign of a healthy ranking system. Because if, if you are jumping drastically every time you sit down, then that is not a clear indicator of your rank. Whereas if you're slowly improving over time or you're slowly dropping over time, which I mean I don't I don't know the whole dropping over time thing is kind of like a, a weird thing but whatever uh, that to me shows that there's a clear indication of where you fit amongst the rest of the people playing the game um, and I think we were talking about that like even we've even noticed some like duplicate people in lobby not duplicate people in lobby but having the same people in lobby like time and time again which I'm not I know some people get upset with that. I'm personally not one of those people. I think if it was like a 1v1 thing, that would be kind of a pain. But I mean, eight people that are very close to my rank. I think I would rather play eight people that are close to my rank every time so that I can improve as they're improving than to be stuck playing people that are way above or way below my skill level where I don't really have a chance or it's like they never really had a chance. Yeah, I don't. I'm in that camp of my my rating has just still been shooting all over the place. 
It's like really? I'll have I'll have a day or two where I go up like 600 rating, and then the next day or two I'll drop like 500, and I'll yeah. go up 400, and then I drop 300, and then I go up 500, and then I lose 200. It's like all over the place. Yeah, that I mean that's really been like I think I think this week I started at like 5.3 and now I'm at like 5.6, so. It, it has been kind of a growth, but I've noticed that like every time if I play like two games back to back, I win one, lose one. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I'm doing a little bit better than where I was before, but not like terribly higher. Yeah. And then uh, there has been a little bit of talk in the Discord about it, and I've definitely started to notice this myself. Another thing that I think has felt different with Battlegrounds is facing the same few people. I think you kind of were mentioning this, uh, but in the lobby. Like, they made the change a while ago where you couldn't face the same person in the same, like, three fights or whatever, right? But now it feels like you're just seeing the same three people almost. Like, you know, uh, you're seeing player A, player B, player C, player A, player B, player C, player A, you know. And it it's kind of difficult because it's it's, like, basically turning into the issue that it was before they even made that change. Where if you're facing those same few people, and if one of them is clearly much stronger than you, every time you face them, you're just getting wrecked. Which is like, and, and I, I don't know if that's also contributing to the the feeling that, because I, I don't know, I feel like I've noticed it, and I feel like I've seen a lot of streamers pointing it out as well, uh, is that it feels like a lot more of the lobbies, um, when people get knocked out, there's multiple people getting knocked out at once. Whereas before it was kind of like maybe one person gets knocked out, then maybe two people, then maybe one person. But now it's like three people knocked out at once and you go like multiple rounds, nobody gets knocked out and then three people all at once. Yeah. I think, uh, Slissa talked about this on coin concede after, you know, she kicked everybody's butts in the <laughs> battlegrounds brawl. She was talking about how when, on on like in lobby like battlegrounds is kind of it's fine when that happens but think about that in terms of a competitive standpoint where fifth place you get zero points so fifth is as good as eighth but then when the fourth and fifth place go out or the fourth fifth sixth and seventh place people go out all at the same time it's all based on how much health you had left at the end to determine whether or not you get points even though all of you lost you know that turn and i feel like that's that's becoming more and more and like i'm not necessarily too upset with the the idea of like eighth through fifth going out at the same time as long as you're all being penalized equally and i think that seems to be the case i've noticed that where like if you fall out of at the same time as like fourth and fifth usually fourth and fifth will have around the same amount lost or even a little bit gained uh, as compared to like losing a bunch. And to me, my whole complaint was just the numbers didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to get fourth place or third place and gain like 20 points and then get first place and gain like a hundred points but then if you got like seventh place, you would lose like 30 or 40 points. And it was like, well, wait a minute. That's saying that I have to either get second or first. Otherwise, nothing that I do matters because I'm not going to gain enough points to to move up at all. But if I lose, I'm going to wind up losing all of those points anyway. So like it's really either first, second or nothing. And to me, that feels like it might be a matchmaking issue because I think, I think I talked about this on the show before, but that was exactly what was happening in standard before. And I, I feel like they changed that. And like last month, and I, I noticed it. A lot of other people who got legend noticed it where all of a sudden we were facing, once you hit legend, like we were all facing other players who were also legend. Instead of like the month before where you'd hit legend, then you'd be facing off against people who are like diamond seven, diamond eight, diamond nine. And you got to this point where you were kind of stuck because like you had to have 
better than like a, like I was at a 65% win rate and I was still dropping MMR. So basically it's saying you have to win seven out of 10 times or better to even start to climb. And it would just be climbing a little bit at a time. Like, and, and I feel like that's what's going on with, with the rating and the, the MMR with battlegrounds right now. I, I feel like it shifted because I kind of noticed at the same time, the same time that I feel like standard changed to the way I feel like it should be again, you know, legend players facing legend players. And I, I felt like I could actually get somewhere. Battlegrounds went the opposite way. I, I feel like the battlegrounds started getting really wonky and it's like, I would take third and I'd lose MMR. It's like, what? Like, how am I supposed to get anywhere? I'm getting third and I just dropped four points. Now that might not seem like much, but I just took third and I lost. Like, how does that, how does that work? Or, you know, you, you'd get seventh and I lose like 90. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I have to take first how many times to actually start getting out of this. And, and I don't know what the, the answer is again, this is a big thing. We, we can't see MMR. We can't see it. That's all just on blizzards. end. we don't actually get to see any of that. So it's really hard because we have no idea what's going on. I don't know if they need to adjust like the break points or widen or shorten maybe the, you know, the points where they're grouping people together, the ranges. I, I don't know. But yeah, it it's felt, it's felt weird. I could definitely see that. What's also weird is this latest patch. <laughs> so... We're going to jump into that now. Um, patch 18.0. This is the Skullamance patch. Like everything else was 17, whatever. We are now into a new number. Woo. And it was a small patch. It, it, it did a couple of things. It did a few things. But I think that this patch solidifies my statement from last time that menagerie is the focus yeah. to slowly get rid of everything that targets a specific tribe. So let's, let's jump into it. Making, making its debut to the stage coming in at, you know, 14 inches high <laughs> weighing in at 18 pounds, zero ounces. Jeez. <laughs> Huge. Like eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Seven ounces. I think we got our cat weight. She was probably like 12 pounds. I don't know. She was on a diet. Um, we're talking about Mr. Bigglesworth. And for those that don't know, Mr. Bigglesworth is Kelthazad's kitty. And actually, that's also the name of the hero power. And it's a passive hero power. Whenever a player dies, discover a minion from their warband. And keep any enchantments. So it would sound like this is a great hero. It would However, seem that way. <laughs> it doesn't look like this is a great hero. <laughs> and I have a theory why, but I think that Dawn had a story that she wanted to tell about uh, her adventures with Mr. Bigglesworth. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Patch dropped, right? Kitty announced. Everyone's like, oh, I want to play the kitty. I hear all these stories about people like, man, I've been playing Battlegrounds for hours. I haven't gotten offered the cat. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I better start playing. You know, try to squeeze in some Battlegrounds, like, in between work and trying to to push my legend rank and all this. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load up a Battleground. First Battleground, I get offered the kitty. I'm like, oh, all right, got him. Let's do this. Well, that was so, easy. Yeah, I was like, okay, cool. So I get the kitty, and I'm like, all right. I'm like, okay, so essentially I have no hero power until people start dying. Sure. So I'm trying this, and I'm like, okay, playing the lobby, and I'm like, I'm taking damage. I'm taking damage. I'm taking damage. And I'm like, I'm going to freaking die first. What's happening? And lo and behold, <laughs> sure enough, 
I get knocked out, but I'm in seventh. But I get knocked out at the same time as the other person. So they took eighth. I took seventh. Never even got to use the hero power. I was like, are you serious? Did that seriously just happen? And I'm like, well, to me, that felt terrible. That hero felt like garbage. Like, I got to do nothing. Like, everybody else is using their hero powers. They're doing stuff. And I'm like, I did nothing. And then, but we're going to talk a little bit more and talk about the stats uh, for from HS Replay for this hero. But I feel like this hero also is, it's so reliant on the other players in the lobby. And it's so reliant on kind of what I mentioned earlier about multiple people dying at the same time. Because you're either going to lose at the same time as multiple other people, or multiple people get knocked out at the same time, and all of a sudden you get this insane high roll turn. Because you get, like, multiple discovers. I would say, yeah, does it work that you get a discover for each person that dies? Yep. Yep, and actually... that's, uh, That's good. Shout out in our Discord... Uh, to Hello Nasty, uh, he actually posted a clip of uh, of someone that did that exact same thing. And talking about the enchantments, this is the thing. If it was a golden and you, you pick the golden, you do get to play that out and discover a oh, minion as well. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, th- this clip in our Discord, uh, yeah, they... The guy picked like two or three goldens, got like th- three or four discovers. I think two of them were golden. So got to play those, then get another discover from the tier up. And yeah. So it, it feels like a hero that's, it's just so reliant on the lobby. And I just, I don't know how I feel about that because it's like you're either going to lose or you're going to high roll and you're going to do well. I am, so- eh, I don't like it. <laughs> Let's look at the stats. According to HS Replay, Mr. Bigglesworth is a tier 3 hero with a pick rate of 66% because it's new, of course. Average placement 4.61. That's on a little on the lower side. It has that uh, Ricky Bobby, Fungal Mancer, Flurgle-esque chart. In fact, you'll be happy to know the majority of people get first place, but if they don't get first, they get either seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. And the difference between seventh and eighth is 0.3%. <laughs> so there are a ton of people that have, have had the exact same experience that you've had. Yeah. And, just like Fungalmancer Flurgle and like a lot of heroes this these days, Murlocs are the best tribe for this hero. And and I, I have a theory as of why. Me too. So <laughs> right now in the meta, Murlocs are the obvious win condition. And now that pirates are not guaranteed, that means you're seeing Murlocs. 20% more than you were before. I think it's 20% more. There's what, six tribes? So sorry, yeah. not 20, like 18% more, something like that. So that means there's more games where Murlocs are offered and everyone knows that Murlocs are the best tribe. So everyone tries to go Murlocs because everyone tries to go Murlocs. When they start dying off, you get all of the buffs from the Murlocs and Murlocs are designed to be kind of that hyper buff, like the hyper buff style minion. So you can just continue down the path that you were going, try to sustain long enough. And then slowly you have this full Murloc board that's just working. I think the people that are losing with Bigglesworth are not going Murlocs or they happen to be one of the first people to die or they're dying with the first person. Because once you make it past that first turn, you can scale, you can hyperscale. 
but you have to, you cannot die first because other, you know, you've never used your hero power and you have to make sure you have enough position so that when people start dying off that have things that you want, you're going to be in a good position to actually do something with it. But all in all, I don't like this hero either for the, that exact reason. Um, I wouldn't say that they're trash. I would say that it, it is reinforcing the idea of go this route, force this route, and you will be okay more times than you won't be okay. And with this, the statistics don't lie. It's just not the case. That's what it is. All right. But, I, have a, I have a couple thoughts. Oh, oh go ahead. Okay. First, my theory on why Murlocs are so good. It's one word. Megasaur. <laughs> that's I mean, it. That's, that's my theory. Okay. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I'll mention that again later in our show. But the next thing we're going to talk about. Um, but I, I've heard people talk about the way to be successful with with uh, Bigglesworth is you basically have to play the early game like really conservatively. You can't really take a lot of risks. You can't, you know, try to jump tavern tiers, you know, that kind of thing like you can with some other heroes. Like Alex Straza, it's, it's almost the opposite, I'd say. Like Alex Straza, you know, you're like, kind of, I'm just going to go with the risky, right? And jump up these tavern tiers and then go all in. But it's almost the opposite with Bigglesworth. It's like, I'm going to be really conservative. I'm just going to try to to make kind of this best board that I can to just live like and keep my health as much as I can, like until Tavern Tier 4. And then maybe people will start dying and then I can start getting getting this stuff. So so what, what I'm hearing is Alex Straza is the millennial to Mr. Bigglesworth being a boomer. <laughs> Mr. Picklesworth is like, you need to, need to save all that energy. You never know. You need to invest it later on. And then Alex Strauss is like, YOLO, let's do this. That's uh, a really generalized and simplified uh, example, but yes. <laughs> Please send all feedback to podcast at bobstavern.pub. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, all in all, Bigglesworth is, I like that. I hadn't thought about that before, and I think that that's going to be something. I've I've still yet to play it, because I've only been offered once, and it was either Eudora or Bigglesworth. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you go Eudora every time. Like, you know you know what? Actually, I think I had that same choice when I picked mine. But I was like, it's the new thing. I got to try it. And then I went, ha nobody else can have Eudora. This will be great. Then if I you want to force me to play Bigglesworth over Eudora, <laughs> patreon.bobstavern.pub. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, my own cat, Miss, not Mrs., not Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> she is, she is very, uh, aggressive right now, even though I've done all of the things. See, th- this is your problem. You're being too aggressive. You need to be very conservative in your gameplay. That's right. You're going to take eight. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't take eight, chat. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> All right. So aside from a brand new hero, we also got some new animation around poisons. And this was a fresh surprise because I, I feel like Hearthstone has had this identity crisis over a long period of time. Of whether they are the like hyper artistic, like photorealistic artwork versus like the cartoonish animation. And I feel like the cartoonish animation is winning out and I'm very happy for it because I'm, I'm like, I love it. But the poison animation, when I first saw it, I was like, what, what was that? <laughs> and then I saw it again and I was like, is that new animation? Is that just in Battlegrounds? And I was like, no, it's, it's across the board, but. The one thing that it does is it gives a clear indicator that someone something died via poison by putting up this skull and crossbones wrapped in like a green jaggedy cartoonish animation, which I will try to find and 
add it to the show notes if I can. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a visual thing. It's not necessarily a, a quote-unquote game changer by any means, but it's just a nice visual touch. I know you're not looking at the cards, but I'm pretty sure there's reasoning for that. So I'll just look oh. at that. Yeah. I know you're not, you don't want spoilers for the new set, but oh, oh, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's reasons for it, but it, it was probably time for updates. I think anyways, Poisonous has been around since the beginning of Hearthstone, you know, just like they did things like changing and adding in discover and like the rush instead of charge. And, um, you know, they got rid of the enrage keyword. Like, I think it's just something that was probably inevitable anyways, just over time, you know, changes like that are needed. Yeah. And and I mean, again, I think as, so there's always going to be this question about approachability to Hearthstone, just like any game. Uh, you want to make a game that's approachable. And if you, I mean, this was like with the Jaina costume change, like it's something that can be such a small detail that can prevent certain countries from having access to the game. Mm -hmm. I know that that's a thing in like, um, in China games aren't allowed to show blood. So instead of blood, you often get like slime or ooze or, you know, like this thing that is clearly the blood, but not red. And I don't know if this in particular solves problems like that. But what I do think that it does is it appeals to a group of people that the game may not have appealed to before. And I think the people that are still playing the game now, it's such a minor thing that isn't that important that people, people aren't going to be dying on the, I want the old poison animation. It was better. Blah. Like that's not going to happen. It's, it's, they're just going to be like, oh, new animation. Okay, it looks kind of goofy, but whatever. Like, no one's going to uninstall the app over the animation. But someone might look at the animation and go, oh, that looks cool. And then it, like, draw them in. Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what you draw things in? Mugs? Ooh. Jugs? Other things that Tr- rhyme with Uggs, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that was, okay, I'm not going to lie. That was not the best lead-in, but we're going to go with it. So aside from the, the couple of changes we've talked about already, there have been two new additions to replace two old uh, cards that have existed. So Zubat and Menagerie Magician have been removed from Battlegrounds. Day gone. Like goodbye. Yep. Adios. I will remember you. Or not. Uh, or not. Well <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Zubat was one of those that like I low key played Zubat a lot. Like it was one of those things like it's a decent body at that at that tier level. And it it has a good purpose, so why not? Menagerie Magician, not as much. I think because it was a, a couple of levels higher. It, it needed a little bit more to to work. I will say with these, though, I think that they're not going to be as big mm-hmm. of a deal as people want them to be. But yeah. let's talk about it. Uh, two new minions to replace those, the Menagerie Mug and the Menagerie Jug. And the Menagerie Mug is a tier two, two health, two attack, give three random friendly minions of different minion types, plus one, plus one. So basically doing the exact same thing that Zubot did, except for now adding room for pirates and not excluding demons or excluding, um, actually I think those were the only, or mechs. Mm-hmm. I know with Zubot, there was often, like, it would work on beasts, murlocs, and mechs, and then, like, Menagerie Magician would work on, like, dragons, beasts, and murlocs, and, like, it was always this weird, like, this card works in some instances and doesn't work in others. With these cards, they're both designed to work with 
everything that you have on the board if it belongs to some tribe. And I guess to make it easier, um, the second card is a tier four menagerie jug. It's a three health, three attack. It does the exact same thing as the mug, except for it is plus two, plus two. Don, what do you think about this set? Uh, so I, I have a couple thoughts here. First, uh, you kind of talked about the, the like bodies of the other cards. To me, these bodies feel weaker. Like, it, it just feels like you just want to use these for the battle cry and then get rid of them as soon as you can. Uh, so it's good in that sense, in terms of you can use it to play off of like battle cry effects, whether you're using Shutterwalk, you know, or you're using it for like battle cry triggers with Bran or, uh, oh shoot, what's the the dragon? What am I? Why am I blanking? Is it Caligos? The battle um, cry one? Yeah. When you play a battle cry, it buffs all your dragons. Yeah. Um, That's Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, or you're using it with, uh, oh, okay, card names are not happening today. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it, it just feels like you're using these more. Because sometimes I would just grab, like, Magician just to be, like, a small buff and then an okay body. Um, these don't feel as great of bodies to me, but they are a lot more flexible. So yeah, give three random friendly minions of different types and different minion types. And it has been clarified. If there is no type specified, like just a neutral minion, like these are the, the non labeled ones do not count as their own minion type. That's not a thing. Right. Um, these are just way more flexible. You can use them in kind of whatever comp you're going for, or, you know, it, it feels more consistent. Like you're more often going to get three buffs. Um, whereas before with the other ones with Zubat and uh, Magician, you kind of, oftentimes I felt like I was only getting two, two buffs, but this time you're, you're really more consistently getting the three. And even if you're only getting two, like it still feels pretty good because it's not as restrictive. Uh, so overall, I really like these and I think they're probably just, they're better and they're a lot more flexible and, and work with the, the rotation, you know, the rotating something out, like you can still use these. Um, and the last point that I had is tying back into, remember earlier in the episode when I said, I'm going to talk about Megasaur again, I feel like these are also building up to my theory of leading towards actually getting rid of Megasaur. I don't know if they are. I, I don't know. I just feel like they are with the ad, um, adding in the Amalgadon and then changing these Menagerie things. Like, I think they're going to go for buffing, even Murlocs buffing in terms of this rather than things like Megasaur. I, I just feel like it's a lead up to taking that out. Absolutely. And you you mentioned a few things there. One, you said that these cards feel like they serve a very single purpose. Like they're not designed to be good bodies for your board. They're just not. Like uh, I pull, I looked up the Zubot. The Zubot was a 3-3. Three, three. It was a tier 2 three, 3 which yeah. is, I mean, that's just, that's solid. Yeah. Um, Menagerie Magician was a tier 3-4-4. Four, four. Um, now, the battle cry was they affected beasts, dragons, and murlocs. Both were beasts, dragons, and murlocs. So that meant that mechs didn't get a buff. That meant that demons didn't get a buff. So if you were going mechs or demons, these cards were absolutely pointless to you. That kind of feels bad. A card that has no tribe should have some type of general effect for all of the other cards. Just like if you have uh, Brand Bronzebeard or you have... Um, See, now it's my turn to miss <laughs> remember cards. Baron Rivendare, like a lot of mm. these higher end cards that are neutral are neutral so that they can affect no matter what tribe you're working with. Some tribes have a better advantage there, like Bran with Murlocs, um, and then Baron Rivendare with like mechs and beasts. But 
you could you can still use them with all of the other tribes, whereas these cards were basically just wasted spots on uh, in the tavern if they came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also something to say about having cards that are designed to only do one specific thing. I think that that's good card design. Uh, we've seen a lot of cards in the past on in standard be removed or modified so that they do serve a single purpose. Uh, I think a good example of that is, um, uh, what was that card that was in Demon Hunter? Well, it's still in Demon Hunter, but they reduced it a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. I want to say it was the the one two or something like that. Oh well, point kind of lost there. <laughs> but the thing the thing with the cards like Oh, I'm sorry, it was Kane. So like by making Kane making Kane Sunfury weaker in the health aspect, it made it a card that only served the purpose of getting around a taunt. It wasn't supposed to be a card that you use to like get around the taunt and then also deal like way more than lethal damage or have a card that can stick around for more than like one turn. It was like, I'm going to play this card. It has a very singular purpose. And when it's done, it's done. And then we're, you know, back into the game. Uh, I think that was the problem with demon hunter as you know, although this isn't a standard podcast, you know, I think that was the problem with demon hunter out the gate was that the cards served a purpose, but the cards were also so powerful that they existed beyond their purpose. And I think that's what, uh, not Menagerie Magician as much, but especially Zubot, something that could come out early in the game and be a really solid body. I think it's, it did that. It, it served a purpose, but then it also existed beyond that purpose. Whereas, uh, the mug and jug are definitely cards that are play, get the buff, get them off your board so that you can put something of value on. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I looked it up. Crowd favorite. That's the one I couldn't remember earlier. Ah. That, you know, you can work with Battle Cries and, you know, we mentioned Bran and even like Shutterwalk the Hero and, yeah, stuff like that. But, yeah, there's, there are other Battle Cry things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I think these are really good changes. And I think it, it seems subtle or they seem like, oh, okay, it's just, it, you know, might seem like a one-for-one or just straight like, oh, okay, that's the same thing. But they are different, and I think it's going to make a huge difference in how people play the cards. Yeah, and there's there's something to say about what is the overall goal of Battlegrounds? Like, what is, what is the, the goal of Battlegrounds to be? And how you present options to the players plays a big part of that. Um, you mentioned a little bit of like kind of those feel bad moments. There have been so many times where I've looked and I've been like, you know, you're like refreshing the board and you're just doing it time and time and time and time again. And when you're doing that and you're really just searching for like anything that can help. And then you get like a menagerie magician and you're like, Oh, and then you realize you're going mechs and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Uh, it, like that, that just feels bad. And I think that the game isn't designed to make people feel bad. It is designed to be challenging though. And I, I think that that's where now you have to make a decision of, do I buff all of these minions for a wasted spot on my board? And if the answer, I mean, that has probably been the biggest thing that I've noticed lately is that now I'm having to make tougher decisions about my board state of like, I really want to buff this minion over here, but uh, let's see, what do I get rid of? Do I get rid of a like monstrous macaw? Do I get rid of like brand? Do I get rid of Baron Rivendare? Do I get rid of, you know, one of the beasts that would get, you know, all of these buffs? Like you really have to start making some of those difficult decisions. And I think that's where skill can be shown by, by instead of saying, well, the obvious move here is to remove this stupid thing. Now, when you make the decisions that much harder, you're going to see people who are skilled and have put in some time to learn, like, what will the effects be 
they'll be able to take that and run with it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's also reflective of, you kind of mentioned, you know, what is the goal of battlegrounds? And to me, that feels like they're moving in a direction of there's already a lot of RNG with what you get offered in the tavern. In addition to a lot of RNG with how the actual fights pan out, because you can't control any of that. So I think they're trying to give people a little bit more of their own agency and their own decisions and how they play the minions that they're offered. Um, and I think that's also leading to things like, I mean, we're at some point between this expansion, Scholomance, and the next one, uh, there's going to be a new game mode, but I believe they are going to be making more Battlegrounds changes. And, you know, a lot of people have already, we kind of mentioned this before, but the like eight player lobbies. And to me, these changes also feel like they are trying to to make it so that there's a good mix of RNG and the high-skill decision-making to lead towards competitive play. And we've already been seeing that. Uh, this week, we've been having the Gold Club World Cup in China. And they actually have like teams of four players, and those teams are focus between constructed and battlegrounds. They actually have an entire battlegrounds like competition as part of this this gold cup. Oh, it would be so amazing. Yeah. If only Blizzard. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's I would but, I would love there to be a masters tour of battlegrounds. Like that would be great. That would be so much fun. Like I would I would play in those every single like every single event if it were free and anyone could sign up I would play just to like one have a challenge but also to feel like I'm actually working towards something. Yep. And and I don't know but to to me I really do feel like a lot of these changes are working in that direction. Now we we talked about this a lot when the podcast was starting. It's still in beta. We haven't, you know, really used that word in a while, but you know, it, it is still in beta, it was in beta. <laughs> right? Because it's been out for so long now, but I really do feel like they're working towards that because I think that there is such potential and like drive and desire from, from players for it. They want something to work towards. There's potential for, you know, doing the tournaments and having a lot of like advertising and drawing more new players into the game because you could win tournaments and win, you know, whatever. And yeah, there, there's a lot of potential with it. Well, and and we talked about this earlier as well, um, earlier in the podcast history. Um, decisions are made with eyeballs, you know, people care, like the, the people that are trying to figure out, what does esports for Hearthstone look like in the next three to four years? They're looking to streamers, to content creators, and ultimately to the viewers of that content to make those decisions. And that's why it is so important, so, so, so important that, you know, feedback is something that's given not just to, to us as podcasters, but to Blizzard. But I say that because one of the reasons why we wanted to do a show like this was to show that this is something that Blizzard should care about and that they should continue to invest time and interest in. I'm sorry. I think that arena at this point is just kind of like the forgotten stepchild of like battlegrounds. And I'm sure that there are people that love arena that would be like, no, that's not fair. You can't say that. And it's like, Here's the problem. Who is streaming Arena on a regular basis? Who is publishing content on Arena other than Crip? Because I know Crip likes Arena. But how many events are being held around Arena? It's like one a year. Just like Battlegrounds, there's one a year. But the thing is, now there are people that are outside of Battle of outside of Blizzard saying, oh, we're going to do one too. Because People on Twitch love watching Battlegrounds. Some of the best streamers for Hearthstone right now are in the Battlegrounds area. That's not something that 
arena had for a long time, again, other than like the one-off. But when you have Regis, you know, Regis talking about how much he loves Battlegrounds, you have people that work on the team like Korra, you have Slissa, you have, you know, Hafu, people that left Battlegrounds that are coming back to, you know, who left Hearthstone, who are coming back so that they can play Battlegrounds. That shows. But the second that we get complacent with that and we stop showing Blizzard that this is a thing that we want them to focus on, they're going to stop focusing on it. So if if you want to see these changes to continue to happen, if you want to see the game improve, you have to be vocal about it. And for some people that might be starting a podcast, but for others, it could literally just be being vocal on social media, uh, being vocal with your time and your attention on you know Twitch and YouTube and all those things. And then also just reaching out, reaching out to content creators and expressing the love that you have for the game. Because it's not just the content creators that appreciate that. Blizzard's also looking at that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's not to say, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people that also don't like Battlegrounds, don't like watching it. You know, we're not talking to them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But my point was, was like, yes, there are going to be people who don't like Battlegrounds. There's people who don't like Arena. There's people who don't like Standard. But, you know, yes, you, you need to speak up and be vocal about what you do like, you know, because I, I do feel like that can go a long way instead of just saying, you know, going into a stream or whatever and saying, oh, I'm, you know, well, I don't want to watch Battlegrounds, so I'm going to leave or or whatever. It's like, OK, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, this is what I'm doing right now, you know, or I do have an audience for this. So coming in and saying, I really enjoy when you do this thing or when you focus on this or when you do that. It, it seems to go a lot further than just saying, I don't like that. Well, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times you do kind of just get that like, oh, well, tough luck, you know, or, oh, well, go watch what you do like then. Yeah. So speaking up about what you do enjoy, it really does go a long way and get that attention. Absolutely. And you know what I enjoy? Talking to every single person inside of our Discord channel. Um, again, you know, a lot of the insight that we got for this episode, uh, how certain behaviors act, how these cards act, um, we got from people playing the game and talking about it inside the Bob Tavern cast Discord. So if you are interested in joining that, it's 100% free. All you got to do, there'll be a link in the show notes to join. Click that link, join in. We'll be happy to see you there. And we also enjoy the amazing people that help support this show over at Patreon. Uh, if you want to become one of those, go to patreon.bobstavern.pub. Uh, thank you to our existing patrons. And they actually get a nice long a conversation about, you know, our thoughts on streaming and um, just creating content and having a, a business kind of centered around content creation and things like that. Uh, so if you want to hear more from the bartenders, I guess actually talking about what they would talk about if they were sitting at a bar, <laughs> um, then, yeah, you can go to patreon.bobstavern.pub. You get access to that feed by contributing any amount, even a dollar, you know, that helps us out. It does. It helps cover some of the costs that we have uh, with running the show and hosting it and everything else. So that's going to do it. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, Don got anything fun coming up? A uh, lot of still casting every Sunday for the Supergirl uh, gamer pro series. So hopefully everybody can check that out on Sunday nights at uh 7 p.m. Eastern. And also coming up, if you are interested in the new set and uh, especially how all of the new cards, you know, our thoughts on the new cards for standard specifically, uh, then AFG is doing a card review on Monday and Tuesday night, uh, Monday the 3rd and Tuesday the 4th. Each of those, each, uh, 
we're splitting it in half, basically, like dividing the cards in half because there's a lot of cards to talk about. Uh, so Monday and Tuesday night, each at, uh, that'll be 9 p.m. Eastern, start on our Amber Flight Gaming Twitch channel. How about for you? Do you have anything coming up or anything going on? Um, not at the moment. I'm actually, I've been working on some outside of Battleground stuff and that has me like pegged. I've been streaming <laughs> every day, like programming stuff that I know no one here is like, oh, we don't care about that. But if you are, you can come <laughs> visit me on Twitch at KJY Miller. Um, I promise I will get back to Hearthstone at some point. Uh, there is a reason why I'm doing all of this streaming of non-Hearthstone stuff. Uh, it is purely for money, so don't worry about it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm in the process of, of taking some interviews and looking for some new work. And part of that new work is probably going to be doing a lot of coding on camera. So this is a good way to practice that. And I only have so much time during the day, so... Why not? But uh, yeah, I've I've got nothing. I've got my other shows and stuff that I'm doing. I've I've been guesting on like all these business podcasts and stuff. I think I have like three shows that I'm going to be on in the next like month. So uh, if you want to catch those, you can follow me on Twitter at KJY Miller. And what about you, Don? You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E D K. And uh, also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dragonriderdk. And apparently I must say that in the same like cadence or something every week because uh, Jay was kind of like doing a little like chair dance to how I was saying that. So <laughs> one of these times maybe we'll have to like actually record our cameras or something and put that up because... uh some, we're hilarious sometimes. Not gonna lie, we're we're funny. She, she just she just missed me eating like half of a candy bar. So. Oh, I didn't miss it. I, I saw it. I just didn't acknowledge it. We're professional podcasters here. We can we can mask anything. That's right. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to, be sure to follow um, Bob's Tavern Cast on Twitter as well at Bob's Tavern HS. Yes, I had to remember that because that's that is the right one, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You caught me off guard now. But uh, yeah, thanks for uh, listening. And I'm going to go eat the rest of my candy. So just finish your drinks whenever. And uh, yeah, after that, leave because the tavern's closed, everyone. Get out. Welcome back, Casino. Now, nobody this time. Weapons outside, Parkai. You know the rules. Welcome, Krasiki. Your dark corner is ready for booting. Eudora, we have to have a little chat about your tab. I didn't know you were in town, Chew. Still cracking heads? You are a diamond in the rough, Always a pleasure.